you're listening to the one and only Writing Wall podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Hawks, and this podcast is for all of us in the writing community. Every second and fourth Saturday of the month, an indie author, poet, or writer may be featured right here at 6 p.m. From book review segments to introducing listeners to local writers from my very own community right here in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, I'm looking forward to highlighting the indie community everywhere. If you would like to participate, reach out to me on Twitter at The Writing Wall or on Instagram using the handle at writingsonthewall85. Because everyone has a story, I want to hear yours. Good Saturday evening, everyone, and thank you for joining me for today's podcast. I have some great topics in store for our listeners, and this includes an announcement as to who guessed the poet that wrote the quote from the previous podcast. If you weren't in on that, there'll be other opportunities, I promise, but hope you will stick around for the Shameless Self-Promo Saturday portion of this podcast, too. If you would like a shout-out or to have your books featured as a Writer of the Week, just visit my social media handles and drop me a message, or visit our blog site where you can leave your contact information. Find me on Twitter at the writing wall or on instagram at writings on the wall 85 our podcast is also now available on spotify google podcast radio public breaker and pocket cast quick look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane no that's clark chrissy clark First up on this Shameless Self-Promo Saturday podcast is a lady that I have enjoyed getting to know immensely, and she is a wonderful advocate for the writing community, always supportive and always doing writer's lifts. Her name is at Chrissy Clark, and she's spelling that C-H-R-I-S-S-Y, and Clark spelled like Clark Kent, of course, but with an E on the end. Chrissy writes suspense and has a penchant for the paranormal, so there is at least a little magic in every book. Although she says she doesn't like romance, her main characters always get a happy ending. And we certainly hope that you'll check out Chrissy's handle and her blog site, ChrissyClark.com. When we come back, I'm going to introduce you to our next Writer of the Week to be featured on the blog Monday, June 29th. So stick around for that and some more shameless self-promo Saturday coming right up. Alright guys, I want to go local for a moment and I want to introduce you to our very first podcast interviewee, Tim Anders. Tim is surrounded by books all day, every day, because he works at our public library here in Allegheny County. That's actually where I met Tim. That's actually where a lot of people meet Tim. Turns out the other day I found out my friend of two years was actually a radio announcer, so he has a voice for this. You guys are going to love his short stories because they definitely have some interesting twists to them. No one have I come across can write quite like Tim, and no one can quite talk like Tim. So you're going to love to hear him talk. He's going to read you one of his short stories. He's also going to answer some writerly questions and talk about his favorite writerly snack. Because everybody has one. I have one. You have one. At the moment, mine's not so healthy. I usually go for like the grapes and the nuts, but today I'm craving M&Ms for some reason. So a bag of M&Ms is on my desk. (laughs) But stay tuned for our first podcast interviewee, Tim Anders. Tim, thank you for joining me this evening and for offering to share a short story with my followers and listeners on the Writing Wall blog and podcast. And first, Tim, what got you into writing? Tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, writing to me is just an expression of emotion and it really helps me, uh, first of all, it's just a coping mechanism and everything. But uh, I, I realized that the more I dabbled in the craft, the more I appreciated the creation. So to me, it's just, uh, it's kind of like a gardener who's really proud of his roses, those kinds of things. It's it's something from me and I'm happy with. And I've shared these things with others. It, it I've gotten a lot of warm fuzzies for lack of a better term. You know, uh, people appreciate what I write. You know, it, it, it's a win-win kind of situation where I can create, I like to create, and then I like to give to others. Um, I know chefs talk about that when they talk about cooking. They, they really enjoy that moment where they give what they've worked on and it's appreciated. So it's very similar to that. So Tim and I actually met at the public library two years ago and I can't believe it's been two years. Can you, Tim? I know. I told Sarah, I told Sarah it was going to be three years in November and uh, it doesn't seem like that long, no doubt. But the fun part was when Tim showed up to open mic night, sharing his stories, and I was just blown away along with the rest of the audience. Tim is now going to read a short story titled, Remember Saying Hello. Tim? I'll be glad to, and again, I appreciate this opportunity as well, Stacey. McKinley Gap was a small community known for its farmland full of hardworking families. Corn, cabbage, and potatoes were the principal crops in this tiny strip of land nestled in the Appalachian Mountains. Harvest time was now upon the farmers, their families, and all the hired help. The next two weeks would determine the difference between having money for Christmas presents and every level down to rationing food to have a meal on the table during the soon coming winter. My family was one of the few that did not own a farm. We ran Griffin's Mercantile, named after my grandfather, Amos Griffin, who opened the store over 30 years ago. Griffin's specialized in dry goods. Two years ago, he passed away because of a combination of a fever and old age. Ted Griffin, my father, took the store over after the partnership between him and my uncle, William Griffin, and a tragedy. A train accident mauled William. An in-depth factual report was an inebriated man losing a fight with a cow catcher. William was two things to most of the locals, stupid and drunk, and finally caught up with him. Ted was more like his father, mature, honest, and persistent in his actions. Ted enjoyed being prepared for anything that this life offered. Ted married his lifelong sweetheart, Victoria, and I was their only child. At harvest time, the wagon trains from the farms with their bounty of goods would arrive at the store. Father would buy the produce. He would negotiate with the same men to haul the goods to the local train depot, which was several miles down the mountain slope. Their destination for the goods was a town called Buckeye. Depending on the day, there could be five different wagons traveling to load the harvest to travel on to Knoxville, which was a two-day ride from Buckeye. It was a major event to leave the farm, come to town, sell the merchandise to the store, and from there, travel down the hills to the train depot. This time was exciting for families. You only left the farm for selling, church on Sunday, weddings, and funerals. There were some that even skipped these events to work the field and keep their farm producing. One of those families that always seemed to stay on the farm was the brood known as the Springs. Jeremiah Springs was the widower patriarch of a family that had three girls, Margie, Melissa, and Molly, 
became motherless because pneumonia that took Millie Springs from this world six years ago. Margie and Melissa were twins. Tall, skinny, and quiet were always the words I thought of when seeing them off the farm. Molly differed from her sisters. She was short, stumpy, and loud. Molly seemed like a cannon to me, powerful and easily able to gain attention of anyone in her proximity. In some ways, I felt sorry for the twins that had to put up with her, but also knew that if nothing else, Molly was entertaining the few times I ever saw her. I was on the side deck of the store the day the Springs family came to sell. Jeremiah had a bountiful season with three wagons of corn pulling up near Griffin's. He approached Father with a short smile and proclaimed, I got twice as much cabbage that will be here next week. I hope you got some deep pockets and plenty of fabric. All my girls will get new dresses. Father proclaimed, Jeremiah, I'm so glad to see you and that you had a good year. Let's settle up the corn and the price to get you to take it down Buckeye. Margie and Melissa walked by me and went straight into the store to find the fabric they would want for their new garments. Molly got off the second wagon, and she differed from what I remembered last year when I saw her. She was not short, but just as tall as the twins. Her strawberry hair flowed about midway down her back. I stared at her. There was only the smell of corn and the sound of the horses tied to the long post. I walked toward her. An intense warmth grew in my chest. I stepped off the deck and approached her. Hello, blurted out of my mouth before I gave her the chance to even see me coming. Late evening sun was so bright that I didn't even bring a lantern. It normally took an hour for my horse to trot out to Jeremiah Springs' farm. It was eight months later from the day I said hello to Molly. Father told me to wear my best clothes, and Mother hugged me tightly as I left for the place I would hope to start the rest of my life. I had a ring and a powerful desire that I would be engaged before the night was over. Growing crops and green grass were all around me, and I knew Amos Griffin would be proud of his namesake. Tim, that was wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with listeners. Definitely a very, very sweet story. Well, I appreciate that. Just a, a little side side notes here. Uh, the McKinley Gap, all these towns are fictional, but McKinley was my dad's middle name. And something I do uh, writer-wise is, and I know you know I'm into sports and things like that, but I will take rosters of names and I will pull one name and pull another name off of somebody else. And if it sounds okay, I'm with that. But uh, I wanted to name this McKinley Gap because of the association between the grandfather, the father, and the son. And that was a no-brainer. I'm thinking about dad. But, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, Buckeye, that just sounded something country to me. So I thought, yeah, we'll use Buckeye. And I have no idea how far away Buckeye is from Knoxville. Actually, this has been quite the topic on Twitter and Instagram and the writing community, how to go about naming your MCs or your secondary characters. I think doing it with, with a roster is pretty cool. Um, Dana Lynn Donovan of Big Mouth Blues, author of that book, she actually has a whole book full of book names that she's came up with and thought of over the years. And whenever she needs one, she just goes to it and pulls that, which I think is absolutely awesome. So some of you guys are really innovative and you're just too cool for school because I'm sitting over here going to Google and using my web browser or I'm looking through a baby book to get main characters 
character MC names or secondary character names. Sometimes I'll get them from the newspapers too. It just sort of depends. So as writers, it is important that we sometimes put a little bit of ourselves or a little bit of our experiences into what we're writing. And I loved how Tim put his dad's middle name in there. So tell my listeners, Tim, do you happen to have a favorite author of your own that you enjoy reading? Well, no, I'll be honest with you. But I actually purposely, I don't read a whole lot of fiction. I know it's paranoia. I'm afraid of being influenced. You know, I've never thought of it like that. But yeah, I mean, I kind of see where you're coming from. I'm serious. To keep up with sports and I like keeping up with politics and news. So I read, you know, I'll read magazines and I read articles and I, and I skim information to get things from. But as far as novels and fiction and things like that, I think the last thing I read, honestly, you're going to be thinking this 50-year-old dude read that. But I read the Divergent series. That was a really good series, that and Hunger Games. I really enjoyed both of those. I liked it. I did like it. Well, what happened Well, what happened is my dear, you know, my bride, Sarah, she's got three younger sisters. They all read the Hunger Games and they all read Divergent. I read, I read all that. So what about when you were in school? Is there a certain book or short story that just stuck with you? Uh, probably Lord of the Flies sticks with me as far as favorite books, just because Timmy... There's a connection. Poor Timmy went down. Uh, and But, you know, reading that in school was important to me. In 1984, I was in eighth grade. So we read 1984 in eighth grade, and that kind of stuck with me a little bit. There's a book, Friday Night Lights, the book that made the series and the movie. I read that book because, like I said, it was a football deal. I really enjoyed that book. I don't read other people's stuff because I'm afraid of being influenced. So is this just limited to books or is there something more that you try to stay away from to keep your writing from being influenced? Well, now I'll tell you, here's how far I go with that. Even when I'm writing, if I'm listening to music, I tend to listen to classical or instrumental music. I don't even want to hear words in my head because I have, uh, there was a song by Kevin Max who was with DC Talk and he did a song called Angel With No Wings. That song influenced my story and I'm like, yeah, I could do this instead. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100%, and I get what you're saying, because I read a lot of historical fiction, too, and historical, political, government-type thrillers from Steve Barry to David Baldalci, and I just fear that I'm going to sound just like them sometimes in my writing. Even with music, it's the same thing. I mean, I try to just stick with the classical and the jazz if ever I'm writing, because I don't want to have that lyric and that word and that rhyme stuck in my head, and then it goes on the paper, and it's like, oh. (laughs) And this is something that is discussed within the writing community. In order to be a good writer, does it also mean that you have to be a good reader? Because here in Appalachia, at a very early age, we learn that storytelling is kind of the fabric of who we are. I think that's one reason the writing group and the open mic group is so important to me, because that's how I get feedback. And I'm also involved in a critique group. I think five of us, I want to say four of us, have a published item, a published book. And what about you, Tim? Have you entered any contests or submitted any articles for publication? Well, I'm telling you about Robert Guy. He was over at uh, the Literary Festival. That was through the library. And I submitted a story called Kelly and Cookie. It's a mob story about Cookie is a dancer, singer, entertainer, and Kyle falls in love. It'll be in the Welcome to Tim Town. I got two books in the works. I've got Welcome to Tim Town, which is stories and poems. The Welcome to Barabbas, which is 
my novel through its third edit and it's in the process of being put together to be sent off. That is a novel and that is a bucket list item for me. So are you doing, are you going to do the traditional route when it comes to publishing? Or are you going to do the indie author route where you have a publisher actually do it? Or are you thinking about maybe Amazon and KDP publishing? I was going to go the Amazon route. You know, I'm learning from some folks on the do's and don'ts. Been to workshops, I've been to seminars. Besides the seminars and the writing, Tim has other hobbies too. Tim, do you care to tell us about some of those? I am a uh, big Cowboys fan. The hobbies, uh, other than writing, and then the church life, of course, that, that takes up some stuff. I do enjoy my sports. I enjoy playing cards. I enjoy playing in games, board games, things of that nature. I do enjoy that. Uh, I do like... You like to call out Lee's show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Poor Lee. I love Lee. I do. There is a special place in my heart for that man because I tell you, he's a state guy and I'm a Tar Heel guy and we're always back and forth with each other. But hobby-wise, honestly, you know, I, I like messing with the computer games and things like that. I still do all that. I like to travel. I've actually traveled some. I lived in Charleston, South Carolina for a while. I lived in Richardson, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. I lived there for a little bit. And then, you know, going to Boone, you know, I went up to App State. I lived in Boone for a while. So, you know, I've seen some things, you know, I've traveled a little bit. I do like that. What is your favorite writerly snack? Yes, everybody has one. I have one. I know Tim has one because I read Tim's answers. So on Instagram, the favorite writerly snack is actually a drink. And I, I'll give you a hint. It's black. It's beans. It comes. <laughs> yeah, it's coffee. Coffee turned out to be the number one snack among writers on Instagram. Thank you guys for all who replied to that. Yes, coffee's good. I've got the the one I go to. Tell you where to get this gem of a drink. It's at Walmart. Okay, I'm not a big shopper. There's this thing called dragon fruit, and it's an energy drink, and it comes in those little packets. It's like I don't know. I think you get like eight for two bucks. Okay, it's over in the flavored water section. It tastes like a sweet grapefruit. Now, but it's the flavor of it. I can't find anybody else that really thinks this thing tastes good. Uh, but that's my go-to, honestly. I love my dragon fruit water. I don't know. I've been kind of horrible this week. I've just ate M&Ms and munched on M&Ms. And usually it's the grapes and the nuts and the berries and things like that that I'll go to for my writing or when I'm writing. Because I often forget to you know, to eat because I'm so busy focused on what I'm writing that I just forget. And I know a lot of writers don't like to eat while they're writing and that's perfectly fine because you get stuff on the keyboard and stuff gets messy. But you know, here's some others that really just blew me away on Instagram with what they liked as their favorite writerly snack. At a.lee.hughes on Instagram, and she's an indie author too, admitted that coffee was her go-to choice. Here's another good one, though. At Jen J. Burt said that she loved apples with peanut butter. Ooh, that is good. Green apples. Green apples. I like the tartness. The tartness with the peanuts is uh, it's a good transition. Or with caramel. <sighs> oh, my gosh. At Blunt.Karen suggested herbal tea and warm peanut butter scones. Mmm, Nice. See, scones, that, that's, that's got writer written all over it, you know? Like backwoods folks like, hey, give me a cookie. You know, no, 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 you need a scoon. At the far back room from Instagram said that she enjoyed kettle popcorn. Yes, that is delicious. Then I'll give you a guess. At chai underscore love underscore two underscore right is drinking what? Chai tea. 
Absolutely. So that's her go-to drink for writing. Thank you, Tim, for making my evening so great. We've talked about a lot of things, writerly snacks, hobbies, football, you name it, it's all been in here. I'm just really impressed with what he's able to do with his short stories and also at Allegheny Writers because Tim is part of Allegheny Writers and more information will be on the blog site for that. If you missed our announcement this past Thursday, be sure to check Tim Anders out in the writing corner on Wednesday. Wednesday is also Wordsmith Wednesday for me on Twitter and on Instagram, but he'll be featured as a writing corner writer right there on our blog and you'll get to see a picture of Tim and you'll get to learn a little bit more about him outside of this interview. Thank you Tim for really being here and for taking part in the Writing Wall blog and podcast. I admire your work and and I'm thankful that uh, for this opportunity I'm also thankful that someone locally is doing good things for the writing community because Stacy owes me no money out there folks I'm just simply being honest here okay. Aw Tim thank you I'll send you some cookies I promise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm really impressed, uh, not blowing smoke. I'm really impressed with all that you're doing. I know that the Divining Ridge book, that was, I was admiring all that you did with that. And and, and then I, I, I actually shared the uh, video that you did the other day on my stuff. I really appreciate the kind words, Tim. And I'm just going to shamelessly self-promote the heck out of my publisher right here because it would not have been possible without Jeff and Claire at Imaging Specialist Inc. and Star Route Books. Jeff Halsey and his daughter Claire Halsey Brooks put up with me quite a bit while I was publishing and I just totally admired those two. They really did work really hard to help make this book a reality. So thank you Jeff and Claire and Star Out Books, Imaging Specialist, Inc. here in Sparta, North Carolina. You guys are awesome. Good people. Good people. I would recommend them. I've never published, but I know them. That's the reason why I can say they're good folks. I mean, they're really good, not only the publishing route, but, uh, and I know you got the history connection with them too. So, Absolutely, and preservation is key. Part of my proceeds are actually going towards the Allegheny Historical Genealogical Society and their preservation work. So if you purchase a book, some of the proceeds are heading there. If you'd like to know where you can follow Tim Anders, here are his handles for social media. At Bro Tim Anders, like Brother Tim Anders. I've also got the uh, Facebook page, Timothy Anders, author. I take a breath.wordpress.com. Stay tuned to our final segment this Shameless Self Promo Saturday because I'll be giving some Shameless Self Promo Saturday shout outs for our final segment on the Writing Wall podcast. Before we move on to more Shameless Self Promo Saturday shoutouts, I want to give a shout-out to all of our Writers of the Week. Head over to the Writing Wall blog and join me on the Wix app, too, for all the latest updates and information and announcements that come along with writers. But it has been a blast getting to know you guys, looking at all the answers to your questions. We have some other great indie authors that are coming up in July and in August. And in July, I also hope to introduce you guys to a local indie author and organizer of a local writing group right here in Sparta, North Carolina, Miss Ginger Collins. Right now, though, I want to give a big shout out to our next writer of the week, Miss Dana Lynn Donovan, who celebrated her birthday this past Wednesday, the 24th. Happy birthday, Dana Lynn. We look forward to featuring you on our blog Monday, the 29th. And her book is titled Big Mouth Blues. It's about a blabbermouth who no one suspects is keeping a colossal secret. This book has a big heart. It's humorous and hopeful. Big Mouth Blues weaves a story of true friendship with a resilient young girl's journey of triumph. You can catch Dana Lynn and interact with her on Twitter at Dana Lynn Donovan or by going to her website DanaLynnDonovan.com to learn more about Big Mouth Blues. 
I also want to take a moment and give a big shout out to at Rambling Rhymes on Instagram. They are our winner for the contest and we appreciate their participation and answering our question about our poem. Always great to do those kinds of things. They will be featured on a Writerly Wednesday right here on the podcast and then they'll also be featured on our Writerly Wednesday on our blog post. They're a poet too so it's a poet blog that they do and a lot of the poetry on there is really fantastic and I've just enjoyed scrolling through their stuff. Check out Rambling Rhymes on Instagram all of my Insta writers. When I return I'll be doing the one thing everyone's been looking forward to for the last two weeks. Shameless self-promo Saturday shout out so stick around. All right, guys, this is the final segment of the Writing Wall podcast this Saturday, and you know what that means. It's time for shameless self-promo Saturday shout-outs. So this first author will give you some thrills and some chills. Her launch day had finally arrived June 1st. Her name is J.L. Rothstein, and you can find her on Twitter using the handle at J.L. Rothstein. Her book is titled Heaven Sent and can be found on Amazon. Her book is a supernatural thriller. I'm a sucker for photography and I love going out and taking my camera and taking my own photos. Hope to be professional at it someday, but I'm not quite as professional as some of these folks on Twitter and Instagram that I've seen and their photos can be absolutely stunning. And that goes for Dave Mandy of DaveMandyCollection.com. He's on Twitter using the handle at digital underscore decor. His book is called Reimagining Photography, The Dave Mandy Collection, Volume 1 of 3, and it's available on Amazon.com. L.M. Montez has an interesting urban fantasy available on Amazon, and you can watch her trailer also on YouTube. And you can find her using the handle at L underscore Montez 223, capital L, capital M there, folks. Her book is titled The Triunix of Time, Time Series Book 1. It's about this headstrong, career-driven woman who sets out to find the truth about her parents and discovers a family secret that goes back to the Magi. Sounds like a book I'm interested in as a historian. (laughs) So I may be checking this out, L.M. Montez. All right, let's go south of the border for a moment into Mexico. And I'm talking about an author whose handle is at Hurricane Dario. He's one of the first individuals that I met in the writing community on Twitter. He's the author of numerous books, The Three Wise Young Men, Dream Gamers, and Latin Dancing. But his most recent book though is titled Hurricanes 2007 and he has a sequel that's about to drop this year. So give him a look on Twitter. He is also on Facebook and you can visit him there and learn more about his stories. One of the most wonderful things I love about this podcast and about being a part of the writing community on Twitter and Instagram is that I get to see and interact with individuals from all over the world. New Zealand, Australia, Germany, England. Now, here is a young lady who does ghost stories. Her book is available on Amazon and is titled Ghost Stories, Tales of Spine-Chilling Encounters. And you're in luck, it's also available on Kindle. Another spine-tingling author is M.C. Burnell. The case went cold 30 years ago, but Esmeralda can't let it go. On the eve of her retirement, she's still remembering the mystery she has never solved. It's rated five stars and is a dark fantasy thriller available on Amazon and is titled Into the Dark Bower also available on Kindle. For book and movie lovers who enjoyed watching Russell Crowe's performance in A Beautiful Mind, you may find this next book equally as interesting. This author is called at Practical 
L-J-T, and L-J-T is capitalized there, so you can find them on Twitter. The book is called Practical Blasphemy. It's a tale of survival and the profane account of psychiatric treatment and the insanity that almost kills a gifted young woman. Practical Blasphemy is published by Anti-Book Club. Last but not least is an up-and-coming indie author in her own right. She's already got up to a thousand followers on Twitter. Her name is at Elsie MacArthur, and she is from Scotland. So, hello from across the pond. <laughs> I said I get to meet all kinds of different people, and this is just amazing to me. Um, but she has a book that's coming out. Her publication date is August 20th, and you can pre-order it now on Amazon.co.uk. You can visit her on Twitter at Elsie MacArthur. The book is titled Love on the Rocks, and we want to wish Elsie all the best in her debut, and we hope that this gives her a little bit of a writer's lift too, so she can connect with more of you great folks in the writing community. If you enjoy the shameless self-promo Saturday shout-outs every second and fourth Saturday of the month on the Writing Wall podcast, give me a shout-out on Twitter or Instagram. I would love to hear from you guys, and I would love to connect with more indie authors, so feel free to keep an eye out for that shameless self-promo Saturday post and more questions from me on social media that may feature you right here on the Writing Wall podcast. No matter where you are in the writing community or in the writing community world, the Writing Wall podcast and blog is for you guys. So be sure to like, follow, and share, and subscribe to the podcast and blog. Anytime I purchase a book, I always review, and if I really enjoy reading your work, rest assured it may be shared here on this podcast with my listeners and followers. Of course, I will do so with permission from the author or authors first. Please like, follow, and share this information with other writers, and if you ever need a writer's lift, visit me on social media. Thank you all again for being here for this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and learning more about the stories you weave. Thank you.